Hey everyone, it's the Faultline Social Podcast, and this is the second episode of James, Rob, and I talking, which has come to be known as the Beer Garden. And uh, hopefully it'll be slightly more coherent than a 2am drunken chat, but um, we'll see. Today we're quite serious to start with. We're talking about whether musicians should be role models and, uh, you know, can you separate someone's actions from their art? And then uh, we finish on some lighthearted news from the music world. But I hope everyone enjoys and thanks for listening. Cheers. So, yeah, welcome, everyone. Um, Another episode of the Faultline podcast. I guess this is the beer garden. This is what we've decided to call it. Uh, for now, so yeah, I'm joined by uh, Rob and Jim, uh, like usual. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, I'm good, man. Pretty chilling. How about yourself? Yeah, good, bro. Yeah, yeah, all good. How about you, Jim? What's going on? All good. I'm good. Um, yeah, so state mandated exercise done for the day. Yeah. Um, kicking in around oh, twelve thousand eight hundred steps apparently. So there we go. That means I can lead, lead my usual sedentary lifestyle later on. <laughs> yeah, that's sick, man. Like as I, I'm like. Uh, I'm getting to around 3000 on a good day. So yeah, 12, 12 is really good, man. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah. What have, what have you been up to apart from uh, walking? A lot of Netflix as, as usual. Um, still kept the guitar up. I'm still doing that sort of daily, which is nice. Um, but yeah. At the moment I am basically resident in Pawnee. I've been watching a lot of um, Parks and Rec since that came back. Uh, sickeningly, I've pretty much done four seasons in two days, which is, a lot it, man. That's cool. yeah i know um I'm, i i have no control i've literally have no self-control i just sit there and just just let it run so well, will... netflix does it for you yeah you just press play and away it goes i've been yeah. watching a bunch of documentaries and stuff like in previous weeks so i kind of have used it in in some edifying capacity as well but no there's nothing like binge watching an entire show so that, oh, that's, yeah. been, that's been for my sure life. man how about you, Rob, man? What's been going on? Um, to be honest, man, like I've been working like two days a week. Um, yeah, I've been watching Mr. Robot as well. Been like on the last series of that. Yeah, once I kind of stopped seeing it as a Fight Club worship program, uh, I thought it was sick. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, apart from that, man, just kind of been doing this, really, putting some podcasts up, keeping busy. Uh, yeah, listen to loads of music. Like, I don't really know, man. Like the days seem to go a lot quicker, which is a good thing. Uh, yeah, like it seems to be one o'clock a lot faster than it used to be. I'm kind of like wired on black coffee every morning. Yeah, maybe pissed at night, so that might make them <laughs> either. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that seems yeah, that altering your consciousness that definitely will yeah. <laughs> adjust well, was, the way that you see that. Yeah, time. I gave blood last week for the first time ever. Yeah, I remember this because. Uh... We said we were on a call to you, and we said, "Rob, do not drink that entire bottle of wine after giving blood." And then you just went ahead and did it anyway, which is uh, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I, was pretty, I was I was actually quite steaming after. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It is it is a cheap night out after after you've yeah, given blood. This is not advised medical. Um, yeah, don't 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 do this at home. But yeah, Rob, were... drink a bottle of wine and lived. So there we are. So they, yeah, weren't, they weren't lying. Like it's <laughs> wavy very quick um yeah and it was cool they were really complimenting my veins loads which has never happened oh yeah, they- you're so vascular sir oh i always knew you had it you were a burgeoning heroin addict rob there you go yeah maybe on the nhs <laughs> yeah <laughs> they gave me like uh yeah kit kats some crisps it was cool um yeah i'd go again to be honest yeah it was it was a nice time everyone was like, really just really nice to me the whole time 
yeah, feeding me Kit Kats, saying like what nice veins I had. What a confidence boost. What's the kind of like, how do they do it with Corona and everything? Because I would have thought that kind of stuff was on hold. It was at like a specific uh, blood giving clinic room in town. It wasn't at like a, a like a GP hospital. Oh, okay, okay. It was a it was like an exclusive floor space for yeah bags of blood of everyone's DNA. This is sounding quite metal. Has anybody seen? Okay, so this this is going to be channeling a bit of a random thing, but it always makes me think of. Um, has anybody seen Blade Two? Where yes. yeah, I have. Yeah, not for fucking ages. Yeah. It's like the, the, the crossbred infected um, vampire eating vampires and they kind of, it's in like Eastern Europe and the vampires are running like oh. these dodgy blood banks where they're basically that like claiming that is cool. That is cool. to feed themselves. Yeah. I don't know why that's, that's the image that I've now got in my head that you've gone to this sort of, you know, this dodgy area of town where it's like Eastern block, you know, all, all they needed to do is just load you full of Kit Kats and you're happy as Larry to, to feed the vampire generation for another. <laughs> yeah. Another maybe week. they like assess who's worthy of like, you know, the invitation based on how they like react when given the Kit Kat chunky bar. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. eat loads of garlic, then you're pretty much out. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like swab your tongue. <laughs> yeah. You just had like that massive garlic naan the night before. They're like, no, sir, please come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. If they yeah. ever get around to factory farming humans, you know, don't, you know, just show me the Kit Kats and I'll be like a willing participant. That's, you know. That's, if yeah. you work on the Matrix technology, you know, yeah, where, yeah. where we can I'd live in that. a vat, I'd, I'd, I'd do that. It's yeah. fine. You know what? Okay. So the obviously philosophical like questions aside, what is actually so wrong with like living in the Matrix? Like, does it make a difference to you that you'd be a human battery for 80 years and then die? Well, who, what's the name of the guy that does end up taking the deal? And he, he... Oh, Cypher. Cypher, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only bad thing that he does, in my mind there, is so obviously that they can do it in such a way that you can, you are convinced that it's all fine. You're not living the lie. Um, yeah. and even if you are, to an extent, what difference does that make? But obviously he has to kill his fellow... Like he kills Dozer or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. Facilitate that's his his exit. So that, that's yeah. the negative side of it. But if somebody said to me, "Look, you know, we can effectively, you know, you could live the life of Riley. You know, you'd be a millionaire, living in a mansion, having, you know, living your best life." To to use to coin a phrase, like what difference did it make? I mean, the, the other thing is, I love the idea that that they tried to give everybody. Um, their idyllic life, but it didn't work because the human brain is almost preconditioned to have disappointment in it. So yeah, that they, yeah. I think, I think part of it that comes, I can't remember which film it, it this this conclusion is spoken about. But effectively, um, I think it's just better that Hugo Weaving is the one that's describing this happening because I, I could listen to that man read the phone book to me. But still, um, the fact that he basically said that they tried to create paradise for humanity but it wouldn't take because people realized it was wrong because nothing yeah. went wrong in their lives. And that's kind of, it's so desperately true. Like I, I know they can't prove whether it is or it isn't, but I can imagine that that's definitely a facet of human nature that we could, we'd be looking around at ourselves going, this is all brilliant. Why is it all brilliant? All Something the time? hasn't gone wrong recently. It's all coming up Millhouse every day. Yeah. <laughs> How is that working? Yeah, does- I think that's a very convenient write around to, you know, to explain why that we couldn't, that, that, that the robot couldn't create this convincing reality because oh because we expect it just, <laughs> just a just a matrix plot hole cover up you know getting the patching trowel and well yeah. i think i think okay I, I i do agree to an extent but 
I mean, there are people in the world that would genuinely, I feel, react negatively to to everything going right 100% of the time. I mean, I'm just going to pull a name completely out of thin air here, but Morrissey, for example, yeah, you know, he he, this man could find you know could find fault in an empty you know he'd start an argument in an empty room. You know, I think there's, there's those characters, and obviously, you know, working with the general public for the best part of 15 years, I've met quite a few of them. Um, yeah. that aren't happy unless they can find fault with something. Yeah, true, man. So what we were going to talk a little bit about today is, um, you know, I, we don't have to like name any names or, you know, go too in depth into uh, what these people do. Because obviously this is, you know, can be quite controversial, but it happens, you know, like musicians and entertainers uh, in the public eye, you know, musicians that we like, creating music that we like. They, you know, are, you know, sometimes caught doing bad things or accused of doing bad things and they kind of, you know, espouse some political beliefs that we would think would be quite questionable. I just kind of wondered what you guys think of that. And, um, you know, as both listeners and fans of music, how do you go about like separating that from their music or can you, you know, is that is that something that you can do? Uh, I I personally can't. I don't think I've ever been able to do that when I've heard a very dramatic, substantially like negative headline of an action from a singer or a member of a band that I liked. Yeah, I just kind of cut them out of my life. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like, you know, supporting it without supporting it. You're still giving it attention, which it doesn't deserve. And uh, I don't think you can separate the person and the art because it is the same person. It's still their brain doing the same two actions. The stuff with Marilyn Manson came out the other day. Uh, I just put the Antichrist Superstar CD in the bin. Yeah, you got to believe the survivors, the truth tellers. For sure, man. Obviously, the stuff with Brand New happened a few years ago with the singer Jesse Lacey. And I literally got a tattoo dedicated to this band on my leg and then it happened like a week later. So I had to go back to the shop and get the band's name just blacked out in a strip. So that, 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 <laughs> that was kind of frustrating. But um, yeah, like I don't listen to them anymore because, yeah, it's, it's them. It's that, it's that same person who's singing into this microphone uh, who did, these, did, did something terrible to somebody and like ruined someone's life, essentially. Yeah, it, it's a tough one, man. Like, yeah, but you obviously, you, you have like very strong moral convictions in that case. Um, so yeah, is it a case of just like you don't want to support that by buying their music anymore? So like, I, like, I don't, you know, if like a Michael Jackson song comes on the radio, do you like turn that over or do you just, like, I don't know how often you'd be listening to a radio station where Michael Jackson mm-hmm. is playing, to be honest. But yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I would like turn it over if I was like, I don't know, in a car or in like, I don't know, a cafe and it came on. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I wouldn't get out of my seat and request to turn, like beat it off. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it in my own time. No. I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't associate like my personal, um, like conscious and yeah, willingness to make decisions with them. Yeah, man. And if it sounds like I'm being facetious or whatever, I'm not. I'm just. I'm genuinely like trying to find out where we do draw the line in that case. You know, because it's just. It is interesting because, as I say, like these kind of rumors and allegations can be brewing for years, and you know, people go ahead and continue to listen or whatever, or you know, like defend the uh, these people that you know. Are obviously yeah. in like a position of power when these things happen. Um, That's it, man. Well, they are, yeah. They're like influencing, influencing a lot of people. Yeah. Like, all the time. Really, like, that, yeah, looking this up now, like Lost Profits, yeah. Sorry to say, speak their name. They still okay, have, well, yeah, this is a completely... They, they still have 97 
thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. Ninety-seven thousand people still listen to them every month. Jeez, that's, but, that's were there uh, any people listening to them before that? Or? I should say probably not. In, in, in a lot of cases, I can I almost know. guarantee <laughs> that might be something where I'm not saying necessarily that you're going to start listening to them because the lead singer is a convicted paedophile. That's not what I'm saying, but. The, the press coverage that will put their name out there in circles where it would never have gone before because they weren't a massive, you know, I mean, I will, I will hold my hand up. I did go and see them live at one point. Um, well, I saw, I saw them twice. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, was, I was at their last ever show actually before they came out. Yeah. Them. I mean, but it, it is one of those things where the, to an extent, this is probably simplifying it a little bit too much, but the power that they have to be able to do the things that they've done Mm. that we, we you do feed that power like the the power stems from being supported being i mean you could draw the line where you could say well what harm is it doing to listen to the music if i'm not buying anything else i'm not buying any merch i'm not going to the to the shows or whatever i'm not feeding them any more money like nobody's going to know if i'm secretly listening to you know Shinobi versus Dragon Ninja. Nobody's going to notice if I'm if I'm on the train and I'm listening to that. That's your conscience, then. You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those where it's like nobody else is going to know, but you will know. Yeah, and yeah. I think, well, to an extent, I mean, okay. So the Lost Prophets being an example, this is something. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was going to to bring them up. When it's a solo artist, I think it's a little bit more different. It's a little bit different because that person, to an extent, has less scrutiny in the sense of. Yes, they'll have a manager and like a road, like roadies and the whole tour manager thing, whatever else. They will have staff around them, obviously, but it's kind of different. I remember that one of the biggest things after it, it sort of initially died down with, with the Lost Profits guys is um, there was an article where somebody said, well, you know, we kind of feel sorry for the rest of the band now because, you know, it, it, it was Watkins did this on his own kind of thing. Um, yeah. And now this band are kind of tarnished, like their entire back catalogue now. Is, is trash and it was like well okay firstly are you genuinely telling me that the band had no idea that something kind of weird was going on um i mean i'm not saying you know that they they did the quintessential thing of they all shared a, a transit van and went up and down the country and lived in each other's pockets um for forever obviously they were selling quite high volumes of stuff they would have you know, had their own hotel rooms at one point, I'm sure. So there would have been some differentiation, but somebody somewhere involved in that band, whether it was the other band members or, you know, like the, the tour manager or the roadie or somebody is either helping facilitate those arrangements or they are aware that something slightly untoward is going on. Yeah, I mean, it, we're kind of on dangerous ground because, I, you know, there was a very, very big criminal case against the guy and he got what was coming to him. So I would think that anything surrounding that would have been dragged up in mm. the criminal case. So I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> kind of say that that's the case. Um, you know, maybe he moved in different circles outside of the band and, you know, for what it's worth now, like that Lost Profits died with Ian Watkins. They just, they moved on, they trashed it, they finished the band. Which is great. I mean, I think they started they did a new project, didn't they? Yeah, so, to kind of put yeah. the I, I do know what you mean, though. You do, that will always be that lingering doubt. But yeah, I The feel bass like player actually went on a podcast. Um, I listened to it last year and they were asking oh, right. him about that. And he said, he said, like, they they always had a lot of trouble with him. Like, he treated everyone badly and he was like yes. a, a creep, essentially. 
to like women all the time and he was like a massive liability to their like reputation just as you know ethics and everything but they said like they had like they knew he was a bad guy even if they were in a band with right, him right okay like, but they knew they did they said they said like they didn't they obviously didn't expect or know what he was doing went to that the level right but that's the thing if you kind of let yeah. people get away with that thin end of the wedge behavior like mate maybe they're, they're you know i'm not saying any creepy behavior is good but if he's you know being a bit aggressive at shows or whatever you know that's something obviously that needed calling out earlier but it but it wasn't but um, yeah i'm not again not saying they're responsible for what he eventually went on to do but yeah i think it's harder when it's a front man because it's one of those yeah yeah unless unless you do what journey did which was basically trawl around and find somebody that sounds exactly the same as your last front man you do change the sound of a band when you change the front man out for something that you can't necessarily prove like if they just had bad vibes about the guy then you, well, what, what do you say to that you can't go to to your manager or, or the rest of the band and go the guy's a bit of a lech like do we get rid of him yeah yeah it must have been you think how many people up and down the country yeah there have been to yeah. have made this groundswell to be able to say well actually you know what something needs doing i mean right i think it's it's easier in a sense if you like move away from who's culpable and who's not um the less you listen to them in the first place i think it's easier to block those people out like like I said, I went to see the Lost Prophets, but it wouldn't didn't particularly bother me to not listen to their music again. Like they'd cool. kind of faded yeah. out anyway in that regard. And you know, yeah. like R. Kelly, not a huge fan of his anyway. <laughs> like, I don't listen to you know remix. Uh, yeah, R. Kelly is interesting because again, there were you know rumors of him you know doing a lot of dodgy stuff all pretty much throughout his career, and he actually settled in several civil suits outside of criminal court um like huge huge amounts of money to like these victims and like it didn't seem to affect his career at all which is bizarre until you know very recently like people (laughs) even without you know a criminal conviction people even though you've you know you've paid all this money to keep the victims quiet essentially that's what i think a civil suit basically is yeah it's like Like, hush money yeah basically yeah yeah it's like you know damn it but it's not a criminal conviction which i i just find so bizarre because it's like it's like admitting to a crime and saying, yes, I did it. Here's the money. <laughs> but, but but there's no like conviction, which I, I just found it so like weird with him, especially. But It's um, not the OJ case. I mean, obviously, yeah, famously, yeah. Like, infamously won the case, the yeah. criminal case, but then still settled for a sum of money in, in, in the uh, civil suit. And it's like, well, what? <laughs> yeah, I still don't fully understand it, and I don't want to get into it because we could do like an entire separate podcast about that, about my ignorance with the difference between the criminal and the civil court. But yeah, like the US legal system is so wildly different to ours. Sometimes I've watched almost every single documentary series about killers, murders, and serial killers over the two lockdowns. So yeah. I'm I'm almost ready for my bar exam. Um, but that's pretty much in the same way that now that I homeschool three days a week, I'm obviously awaiting my PGC in the post. But I think I think that's the thing that appalls me a lot is as much as I might try and do a hot take and be like, no, you can ignore everything. It's just the music. It's just what you're listening to. Separate it out completely. As much as I'd love to do that, it does. Like Chris Brown, Chris Brown's popularity is in no way diminished after he 
No way. He had he had people like making his music videos and producing his record who uh, just did that because they were working with Chris Brown to elevate their own career in their own life. They completely disregarded his actions that were obviously like terrible, and they were like, "I'm just going to do this because my name is attached to this." Not millions. Didn't he he perform? Like he was up for a Grammy at least. I know that much, and I think he performed at the Grammys. And I'm kind of like, well. Who the fuck's letting him do that? And I'm going to use. So this is this is a uh, this is slightly embarrassingly anecdotal evidence now. But if you look through, uh, say, sort of dating apps and all that sort of thing, um, where you have the opportunity to put in um, a little piece of music or whatever to, like, say, like this is my jam, the sheer volume of Chris Brown tracks. And I'm going to say, like, you know, women should be a little bit more not aware of it, but, you know, it was obviously a crime where he beat the shit out of a woman. It's massive domestic abuse. You would have thought that that would have been something that would put people off. (laughs) An alarm bell. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing that just how many of them were. I mean, I don't know whether he'd released something that was, you know, top of the charts at that particular time and that was why there were so many I, I don't know I don't follow the guy I don't really care but um, it's as much as I would love to be that guy to be able to say no 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 you can divorce it you can separate the two it's completely different entities it's fine um, it appalls me that people listen to him and I'm when you think to yourself well hang on a minute how are you letting this guy get away with it yeah it seems, I know. It seems they, they obviously know that they are, that's not the most famous thing he's done is do that yeah exactly the only thing if somebody said to me right first thing you know, like you play the Phoebe game with friends where, you know, you have to rapid fire answer the questions. Yeah. If somebody said Chris Brown, I'd be like, you know, violent thug or beat the shit yeah, out of him, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I know him for. And he could he could literally write like the best, you know, like rock opus or whatever. He could write the best album. Yeah. Something that, that like appeals to you in every way, but you're still going to be like... Yeah, yeah, you're still the guy that beat the shit out of Rihanna. Like, sorry. But there's that like Kanye song where she's, it's like a... Doesn't he like address that in one of the lyrics? He's like, I slapped my girl, she called the feds. And like, it's Rihanna singing the hook on that song. Like, it's all <laughs> Kanye West's <laughs> album. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, is that, you know, are they just like complicit in this? You know, like, they're just kind of. I think the level of disconnect sometimes is is appalling. All about money, man. It's all about making yourself like emotionless and numb to make coin. That's all it is. That's look at look at the look at the thing. Publicity stunt, even though it's Rihanna that literally just got like, battered, basically, which is what like, fucked. Yeah. You know I mean, she's singing on that track about how it's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it really God. happened not long before that. Oh, yeah. I think, as well, I think I think misogyny in rap lyrics is uh, well, <laughs> talk about you know it's plumbing the depths a little bit, but. Or most rap artists could be accused of misogyny in like lyrical terms, and it's almost yeah. like they make make a living out of making light of issues that have happened. Obviously, like the whole um, you know Dre slapping D Barnes thing um, is just like parodied by Eminem and Dre, and it's kind of well. Not only is society or the industry as a whole not taking them to task for what they've done um they're not either and in fact they're allowed to kind of lampoon themselves for money because obviously that's what they're doing it for you know yeah. it's much more controversial if they're bringing you know they're, they're much more likely to get um notoriety for that particular single or whatever if there's something controversial in it 
and it just seems to be you know it's like a double-edged sword not only does the industry not punish them or society as a whole or there's no mass boycott but they're actually allowed to bring out songs or whatever that parody yeah. and it makes yet more money out of the situation yeah, yeah. man it's weird because yeah. <laughs> like, investment doing something like that it's yeah like chris brown for example is just one man like he doesn't make like chris brown is not an artist by himself like it requires him to be part of this larger you know gene that yeah. puts that puts music out and puts publicity behind him and it requires people to buy the songs and stuff so if there's no like consequence for the actions then like yeah, I mean, you know what I mean, man. Yeah, like people are still paying fucking twelve quid for his CD, <laughs> regardless. So that's like an interesting check in the you know boycott uh, column, if we will, because people say you should vote with your wallet, don't they? You know, if you don't like yeah. something, then don't pay for it and don't be complicit and be part of it. Um, I think yeah. Chris Brown specifically, he was actually banned from playing in, in like the UK. I'm sure I think there's elements of that is like the criminal side of things. Um, so I know for a spell, Snoop Dogg wasn't allowed in the UK and they had to make a make an exception or something it's to like get him in. Related issues, yeah. And stuff like that. And it's kind of, well, and that's the other irony as well, is that it was, for a spell anyway, quite difficult to get a visa to get into the States if you had a criminal record. But then again, like in most things, it's, um, you know, if you, you're not going to stop you know, what's the term? Like, yeah, if, if if they if they lobby for this scenario, you're not going to cancel a tour that could make you know billions, theoretically, or like millions like, and millions. You should, of you should, but people won't, man, because it's yeah. like, like like you said too. It's not just like it's not Chris Brown that's books this whole tour. It's like a whole list. It's like a fucking A4 piece of paper of like all everyone who's getting a cut of something. The guy who's playing the keys, the guy who's driving the bus, whatever. The guy in an office who's booked like four gigs. There's so there's this whole divide. Well, it's like one with yeah. Manson didn't like his label binned him off within hours of it coming hours, out. Hours, man, literally, literal yeah. hours. But I think that is only because of the like the Me Too movement has sort of shined the spotlight on it and said, well, you know, you can't. I mean, look at Chris Brown. Chris Brown's got a label. Like we've said, he's he's not sat in his garage doing this himself. No, he's got he's got, he's got backing. He's recording he's got backing. this on Cubase and then sending it up on SoundCloud. He's got a label that are paying this money. I mean, obviously they're they you know they're, they're creaming off the profits, happy as Larry, but this is where as much as we as you know the public are responsible for paying for these idiots, um, then the labels. I mean, obviously, yeah, they could look at it and they just see the the banknotes, and they look at it as well. If we don't sign him, somebody else is going to. Like if Universal don't sign him, Sony will or whatever it is, you know, however it works or whatever. Um, but that's where the line is. I mean, that's the ultimate thing now. So unless, you know, Marilyn Manson decides to make his own music sat in his palatial, you know, home studios or whatever, that's where the ultimate line should be crossed then. Surely it's the label's responsibility to then say, right, well, we, that's it, you're done. I think Manson should, like, well, he should be taken, this should have, like, a legal procedure of what he did. Of what these women are acute, and I believe them, uh... Well, of course, man, but like I think this this should go further than everyone throw a CD in the bin. He should have to like face a consequence. I know this is a big consequence, but like a proper consequence that like an like like an everyday geezer would face. You know what I mean? Well, this is the thing. I mean, okay, I'm going to kind of um, if we take it back a little bit, and this is a bit darker. Well, it kind of, it kind of shows the example that we've just mentioned in that the more modern sensibility 
is why these things are happening the way that they are rather than how it might have been in the day. Um, so if anybody has seen um, the film Almost Famous, so it covers, it's like the Cameron Crowe following the era when he was a kid and he wrote for Rolling Stone. So it was like, well, my, my favourite era of music, the kind of, you know, the big uh, sort of like Bowie at his pomp and Elton John, like Zeppelin and everything else. It's basically, he follows a semi-fictional band across America on tour um, to write an article for Rolling Stone magazine. That's kind of the basis of the film. But obviously uh, there are what they call band-aids, which in any other term you would describe as groupies. It's like an unsaid thing now that um, a lot of these groupies or band-aids were underage. And it was, you know, well, there is a scene where effectively they're playing poker and they trade the uh the groupies between the bands so i believe like one of them trades them for you know like a case of heineken and something else um, and they were kind of like piled wow. up with each other so you've got a whole like can of worms there but because it happened back in the day it's not really mentioned too much it's um and you know I'm, i'll bring this up tentatively because it's these are some of my idols in music Zeppelin is my favourite band and it pretty much has been since I was a kid. But, you know, where, where do we draw the line here? Do you kind of, you know, how far do you go into it? I mean, it's a different, it's a, it's a different scenario in certain circumstances when you go into then like, you know, consent and all that sort of stuff. And is consent a valid option when you consider the power disparity between this, you know, international superstar and this high school age girl? Is the informed consent available there even? It's a, a whole can of worms. Well, I think nowadays um, the answer is generally no, isn't it? Even if it's not statutory, yeah, exactly. even if it's age yeah, is not a problem. I think that power dynamic is like being like examined a lot more closely nowadays. Whereas as yeah. as you say, back in the seventies, that just like Marilyn yeah, Manson, like he shouldn't this shouldn't be like Marilyn Manson, this should be like Brian, whatever his surname is, John. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like this is a guy called Brian who did this. Like, yeah, he wore makeup and made like a shitload of albums, but like, do you know what I mean? That, I think that's where it is now. And I think, I think also back then to to expose a story, it would be so difficult because no internet, no nothing. It'd be word of mouth, and people would like a publication would have to agree to put it in a magazine, everything like that. Whereas now, like, they've they've posted it on Instagram, and suddenly millions of people worldwide uh like uh you know all ears to their story whereas back then if somebody wanted to tell a story like that so people might have attempted but yeah. someone, just kind of, someone someone just might have shrugged it off and be like you know get out of here whatever you would have you would have been a pariah so if you were a magazine or a, or a you know a newspaper if you were like cream magazine or rolling stone or something and you'd have actually put this article out there you were kind of you'd have been damning the entire industry like it wasn't isolated pockets here or there it was just an accepted thing that that was what was done um, yeah, yeah. And you would you would have basically just signed your own death warrant, whether or not people. And also the other th the other factor is is that people don't necessarily want to read this. Like if it's if it, if it's an artist that they love dearly and it's their music that they've grown up with and all that sort of stuff, they don't want to hear this. They don't want to have their heroes torn down in front of their eyes. Like I know that's no reason to not bring this up at all, but what I'm saying is that speaks to the popularity of it. Like people exactly. don't want to read that. Like yeah. if it's something that they don't necessarily like for whatever reason, then it's fine. It's easier for you to read that and it gives you something to engage with. But if it's somebody that you, you know, it's like deeply held that you really love this band, this artist or whatever, you're not necessarily going to want to read that. 
or hear that about them. But how how are we supposed to? So, like, if we say, for example, like you know, should we look to musicians to be role models, and should we expect certain things of them? I would say, like, yes, we should expect them to follow the law and like live within society's rules or whatever. But when there's so much give, when there's like everything around them is supporting this behavior, like the label is like implicitly supporting this behavior, like not in this case because they dropped Manson, but like in the past and in other cases, when the machine behind them is like supporting them and people are still listening to them, how can we expect them to behave? Like not, not to absolve them of guilt, but like why would they? work within like, those parameters when like they're given the keys it? Yeah, yeah when they're given the keys to the candy shop like how can you mate yeah like how do you bring it in like brand new still have a million listeners on spotify worldwide monthly a million people still listen to them a month but that's a lot that's a fucking load of do you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying like so how can you like what how can we expect more of these people if like everything is telling them that they can just do whatever they want it is kind <laughs> of like the point i'm trying to make yeah it's yeah, like it's, it's the levels of acceptable excess, I suppose. I mean, we we you know we have this conversation quite often, not like between ourselves, how like the age of the rock star is dead, and I think it is partly because of you know the paparazzi culture and social media and camera phones and everything else. Everything is much more exposed now. You know, you couldn't keep these things secret. It wasn't like an you know you wouldn't have like a tell-all book that comes out like 20, 30 years later where you suddenly find all this stuff out because it would happen there and then you know like the tabloid press would pay these people money for them to go off and tell their stories kind of thing you know it's it's a it's a lot more accessible nowadays but i think in terms of what you would expect people to do yeah fine so you know sabbath would tour and tony iomi would have like a case filled with vials of medical grade cocaine okay that's kind of an acceptable excess whereas you know if r kelly chooses after a show one night to take a 14 year old girl back and pee on her that's an unacceptable excess so i think the keys to the kingdom it's which sort of you know which door do you allow them to open or which door would you open as the artist so like you know slash would drink you know like what two bottles of jack daniels a day or whatever it is you know he'd he'd go behind the amp stack and throw up on stage and then come back out not miss a note and still carry on playing I mean, obviously, we'll go into the sort of the the ethics of you know alcoholism or the ethics of of drugs and what are you actually supporting with your money when you're doing that. I mean, for example, obviously, with these when when we say it's sort of enabled, dealers and whatever will follow these artists around. Like these people are not going to have to struggle to go and get these things. Jimmy Page had a <laughs> had a vintage guitar salesman that would follow the band on tour because he would make a sale out of him more often than not like most weeks you know, <laughs> lady he's putting my kids through college yeah, exactly yeah, he, the hot dog guy. yeah he's, he's the hot dog guy that follows homer around <laughs> like i can't imagine that if you broke into a random car outside of a zeppelin gig you're gonna see all these like you know 1952 les pauls come out of the boot or whatever but anyway obviously the, the whole circus enables these people to you know indulge their voices but I yes. think as much as we say, instead of Marilyn Manson, it should be Brian that's on trial, and obviously it would be, there's that disconnect between how much of a normal person they are when it comes down to it. If you or, if you or I decided to break the law, then there's a lot less protection. There's a lot less people that are going to be willing to sort of throw themselves on the line to yeah, yeah. cover for us because we're not 
responsible for their income in much the same way as you know if you work for an artist they're your bread and butter if they suddenly fall and don't have any income then neither do you um and i'm not saying that that's an excuse or a reason why but that's where this enablement comes in i think but you would still expect that level of you know morality up to a point you know like i say like there's certain things you know like the red snapper story for zeppelin where they were fishing off the balcony and you know then the 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 fish that they caught ended up being used in the bedroom so to speak that's a kind of a different vibe um i still don't think i don't think it matters um i don't think any of us would really understand how you get to that i think it's just the level that this seems to be allowed to happen yeah um that, that's the problem and I, I mean obviously to the point where they would get dropped by a label if it came out and if we all did vote with our feet and didn't buy anything ever again by these people then yeah they'd be dropped from the label anyway because i wouldn't be successful but it doesn't change the apparatus that's in place so like the next artist that becomes popular still has that framework of enablement yeah it's like it's closing the door after the horse has bolted kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, because exactly. these things still happen, right? And then, you know, sometimes there are consequences, sometimes there aren't. But but as like literally you said it perfectly, the framework still exists. This kind I think of that, that was possibly what I was alluding to when we were talking about lost profits right. in that it's you, these things can't exist in a vacuum. Like somebody somewhere is going to notice. I mean, and it doesn't matter which out uh, which band you read about or documentary you watch or whatever there are always people that are very much sewn into the fabric of how these people operate on their day-to-day primarily because there's too much money invested in them to leave them to their own devices so there's always somebody that's on the inside there's always somebody that knows more than they're letting on and effectively you've got people who are who could and maybe should be whistleblowers that sort of stop this thing, these things from happening before it gets to this stage. So, I, I mean, the, the the anecdotal evidence with with Marilyn Manson is, you know, he's he's bringing these girls back to his tour bus and all that sort of stuff. And you know, there are going to be people that are seeing this happen and it turning the other way. You know, you can blame you can blame the consumers for still listening to their music, but like I say, it doesn't matter. We can bring down for every Marilyn Manson or Lost Profits or whatever or you know brand new that you bring down there's oh, there's the next one coming up yeah maybe it needs to be like a societal change i guess overall but in terms of the consumer which is us i guess because we listen to music like <laughs> i just it's kind of like an exercise you know um maybe slightly a more one but what's like what is the kind of thing that you know you could hear about someone doing but you would still listen to that music so for example i'm quite a big queens of the stone age fan and I know that Josh Homme has a reputation for being an absolute short-tempered, violent fuck, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and he recently kicked that photographer, a female photographer, in the face when she was kind of up close. And I've been going over it in my head. I was thinking, would it matter if it was a male photographer or a female? Like, I don't think it really matters either way. I think it's just violent and pretty horrible thing to do. But like, I I haven't stopped listening to Queens of the Stone Age because of that incident. I still like listen to their records so um i just want to like what like do you have like an example where you could potentially draw the line that you've heard about something but you just still choose to consume well, that, that and it's, it's quite a difficult question so it's quite uncomfortable to yeah. answer but. the story so far i think i did that a few years ago if anyone's familiar with that yes band. yeah um, parker 
that this girl got on stage to like jump off and she was taking a long time and he literally booted the fuck out of her in the back and sent her like literally about 10 foot into the crowd and like really injured her basically because he was like get off the stage because there's security there presumably they could have removed her safely yeah that, well that's what security is there to do isn't it if they yeah. don't do it safely if they do it unsafely then they're there to take the blame rather than yeah. having an artist he absolutely like kicked her in the back like hard she's gone literally flying like foul this is sparta right but in the back yeah yeah so. yeah so and she's she's gone flowing off the stage uh obviously like hits the floor she's in pain injured and then like he doesn't give a fuck he's just like she was on the stage she was taking the piss but i didn't stop listening to that band at all even though that wasn't a very nice thing to do well, yeah, I, 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 i'm not trying to highlight how horrible everyone is by doing this but we all do this right we all have like a line where we draw and i'm just curious as to yeah like i heard that and i was like oh yeah that that is a bit shit like that that is that is not nice yeah i didn't stop listening to the band i thought it was bad i did but it didn't stop me not well, i think like because me and theo with the josh homie example me and theo had the had the discussion yeah. um because i think it was it was a slightly random scenario where they'd literally hired her to take pictures for the show so she was like on the band's payroll i mean obviously uh, as far as the the sort of the anecdotal stuff goes, he's he's pretty drug addled at the moment. Um, I mean, I did I did stop listening to Queen of the Stone Age for a bit. You know, it wasn't necessarily an outright protest choice. And obviously, there's them crooked vultures and stuff as well that I really enjoy listening to. And I will admit, I do now listen to both of them. Um, I think that there's there are elements where you draw the line. So obviously, I think it's ah uh, that the guy who's in Slayer, who, his wife's like stridently right wing huge trump supporter but yeah and like you know like um like on a slightly different note absolutely love the mandalorian but obviously gina carano that's in it is also quite right wing and trump supporter and i mean where do you draw the line there i mean in those regards do i still listen to slayer yeah i do i don't really care that his wife's stridently trumpish on twitter i think she just looks a bit silly but if they're slagging stuff that you know is important like coming out with racist views about the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff. Yeah, like, obviously then I would literally completely discard that band, like, fuck them. But then, I mean, what does... Does that then... Does that mean that you have to deep dive into every single artist that you listen to? I guess it's like you want to support people who have, like, a good moral standing as well as a good artist. Yeah. I don't want to say ideally that is what you want to do, but, I mean, do... Uh, there are plenty of say like, like we were saying the other week um about you have like a random playlist and these these bands come up and it might be the first time i've even heard of some of these artists or whatever do i then have to sit there and go right who's that let's google them let's see you know let's let's dive through their twitter account and see if they've said something that i disagree with you know like am i going to stop listening to a band because the lead singer is a liverpool fan i mean probably <laughs> if you know no, but do you know what I mean? I mean, where do you, where do you, how far do you go before you can be not held accountable for? I think, I think you just got to, if it's a new band or like someone you've never listened to, you've got to approach it with like some innocence, like a naive, like tinted vision. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously you might Google them, talk to somebody about them, and then they'd be like, oh yeah, they did this and this year, like this came out, and you, then I presume you would stop. But I don't, I don't think you should be like, oh, I like the first minute of this song. I'm going to Google them. Try and the first three pages of Google, see if they did something wrong, and then I'm going to decide, and then I'm going to carry on. It's like, 
Just listen to this. I don't know. I don't know. This that's that's like a really interesting point, but well, it's very difficult. Obviously, and... you would find out eventually. Like, uh, you know, stuff would come up from under the rug, and then you would, you know, look for the exit sign. Well, there's, you know, there's, uh, and again, you think it, it's not damaging, but um, the Foo Fighters drummer. I know you're not like the hugest fan of Foo Fighters, but I've like listened to them in the past, and it turned out he was like a massive kind of anti-vaxxer guy, and I was like, oh, that's kind of like done. Taylor um, Hawkins. Fuck yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that cooked, really? Apparently so, man. This is a few wow, years. Wow. And people were saying, like, you know, like, well, if you if you listen to rock stars for advice, like, you're going to have, like, a bad time. Like, they're just people. Like, they are fallible. Yeah. But maybe that's the case when you can say, even though I think that anti-vaxxing, it's kind of like a dangerous attitude to have. But at the same time, like, it's one of those things I can separate. I'm like, I don't have to listen to him. I don't have to believe what he says. But I can still say he played, like, a good drum riff. But then it's like shaky ground, isn't it, right? Because then you can just justify anything because of that. So it, it is difficult. It's hard to say where do you draw the line. It's a decision we all have to make. Yeah. If the Foo Fighters, they, they were on the radio this morning in my kitchen, actually. And I was like, I didn't think anything of it. I was just emptying the dishwasher. But like tomorrow when I enter the dishwasher and they come on, I'll think the guy who's hitting that snare is a fucking idiot. <laughs> but that's the point right you don't have to listen to him you don't you don't have to follow his advice well here's the here's the other side of the thing so i think with social media and everything else it's that level of you know like we've said there's the accessibility and you've they're much more accountable now but also yeah. how much more sort of insight do we get into these people's mindsets that we never would have had before because if you if they sit down and do a properly formalized interview how likely is it that anti-vax or whatever else is going to turn up because just by the just by the, the sort of the rules of discourse and conversation there are certain things that you wouldn't bring up so you know like sex politics religion whatever else like the the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. dinner party list of polite things to talk about you're not going to engage in those you're going to talk about their album there's going to be some promo guff you know if they're having an interview for like a teen magazine or something it's like what's your favorite color and you know yeah, where, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where do you like to get pizza from and all this sort of you know bollocks but now with with this you know sort of vacuum of you know whatever this echo chamber of social media it's almost like people do just whole scale put everything down whether it's twitter instagram or you know they react to the events like you know like the capital stuff you know when the capital was being uh, capital building was being um, attacked and people are then responding to things that are happening you would have never have got a real time reaction from your from like the lead guitarist of your favorite band in the old days, like if that have come up in an interview in like Rolling Stone, it would have been months down the line, and they'd have asked much more generic questions. Yeah, it's like okay, this happened at the start of February, so we're going to put it on the March issue, which comes out on the twenty eighth. Three hundred words, you know what I mean? And I think that's that's the kind of the danger level now is how you know if you look at it that way, if you go for the complete moral lengths, like how many people have you listened to outside of this social media area that would have been complete and utter, you know? deplorable arsehole human beings but we just wouldn't have known because that's not what they were spoken to about i mean like that they could have gone home i'm not going to mention any names at this point because we're going to be liable as fuck but like these people could have gone home after a tour and put on you know like a nazi uniform and paraded around their house and we wouldn't, wouldn't have, 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 have had a clue you know and and now because everything you know there's always somebody there that can take a picture and sell it to the newspapers or whatever we're much much more aware of the fallibility of these people um, I mean, I'm not saying that, that that in any way excuses people from the modern era or the previous era. It absolutely doesn't. I'm just saying that our awareness now, we can be a hell of a lot more informed. I mean, look at us. Like, we write about bands. I mean, okay, it's much more in a 
tone down, like we, we write about their music rather than necessarily about them as people. But there's so much more out there now. There's so much more opinion about artists that are available than there ever was before. Yeah, yeah. I, like you, you exactly right. You said, you know, the information is now more readily available to all of us. And, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because that means that, you know, we're more informed than ever. But it also means that, like, the individual is responsible um, for the opinions that they form. You know, like, if you're given all this information, you have to decide what you're going to do with that information. And it's not always an easy choice um, when it comes to consuming media and things like that. So that's a good point, man. Very good. All right. So, yeah, that was um, that was kind of a heavy chat, boys. But thanks for having that with me. It's not always easy um, to like examine your own motives and, you know, like what, why you listen to stuff. And, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely something everyone should do at some point. So we'll move on to something a little more hearted. Um, James had something like quite interesting that he wanted to talk about. Well, so obviously with with the uh, the, the pandemic and lockdown and everything, um, social media is much more central so on instagram lad bible shared the story of and lil, lil uzi gonna go with that yeah. also vert at the end is that is that part of his name yeah lil uzi vert. Vert. is that, is that yeah. a thing is that the person yeah, yeah. whoever it is right some fucking moron um has decided that embedding a 24 million pound dollar don't know either way okay who cares state of the economy at the moment is pretty much the same. Um, he's had a pink diamond embedded in his forehead. And if, you know, you're a fan of the MCU, it is literally like Vision with a fucking stone in the middle of his head. I mean, I, I it, he didn't look in the finest of fettle in the picture <laughs> that they had with it, with it in, his, in his head. I'm kind of hoping it's a big joke and it's such an elaborate thing that we're all going to be conned by um, and it's not actually true. But I'm going to slightly politicise it just for a second. So whilst people are, are sat at home potentially having, you know, they lost their jobs or, you know, they're down to like two days a week or they're on furlough, so they're, they're missing sort of 20% of their pay, whatever the fuck it is, right? This absolute weapon has decided <laughs> to put a pink diamond worth 24 million in the middle of his fucking head. I mean... I mean, I made, I made the kind of the, the passive joke yesterday. Um, <laughs> that made a big fucking you know. That, that would be... <laughs> we should put him as the thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> well, I just, I just don't I understand so. it. James's face can be where the diamond is. Yeah. yeah I just, what the fuck are you doing, sir? I mean, why? Well, he's one of these guys. He's got the face tattoos and these kind of adorned face piercings and stuff. So... Like, well, you know, all the kind of rappers have that nowadays, face tattoos. It's like, it's not even kudos anymore to have that. I mean, I obviously, you know, for me it is because I would never have a face tattoo. But I'm like, so that, that kind of group, you know. Um, this is like, maybe it's like one-upmanship. Maybe it's like, this is how committed I am to like, you know, this this kind of facial accessories. I don't know, bro. What, like, who would even do that? Is that, was that would that be a plastic surgeon? Like, imagine, imagine, I don't know, like, imagine that day, like, oh yeah, we got like a facelift at like 12, a tummy tuck at two, and there's this gazer coming in at six. About, he said he can only get here at six, but he wants his diamonds, like, put in his head, like, literally in his fucking forehead. <laughs> right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this now. If this actually happens, then you heard it here first on the Fault Line Social Podcast. But he's from Philly, right? So this screams to be a plot 
line from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So they need to get him on the show. I don't care what the scenario is. Uh, what a like, cameo. But th- yeah. th- they need this to happen. Um, no, I just can't. There's just no There's no rationale for this. Like, like I said yesterday, that is sort of 48 Rolls Royces that he could have bought and driven into a swimming pool if he wants to do something ridiculously obscene with his money for no reason whatsoever. I don't know, bro. What happens to like... So he obviously likes this diamond or whatever it is. Like, why don't you just not keep it in a drawer or keep it in your pocket? I get it. Like, I mean, okay. I don't understand. I, n- I still don't understand the face tattoo thing. I, I mean, don't know, bro. My mate has got his face tattooed quite a lot. I do think it... As much as people always go that, oh, well, he won't get a normal job. Well, he's not going <laughs> to... That's the point. Like, you don't need one. Like, Post Malone, he's never going to be working in your local subway. Yeah. He's just never going to need to. Right? But it does look like somebody... The thing... I think the thing is, is it's not... It's never particularly well thought out to me. They always look like somebody's just doodled on your face. Mm. Like if you've if you've got pissed at house party and you wake up the next day and somebody's sharpied your face. Some of them are cool, but like when they're actually like a like a proper thing just on your like you know, a proper piece on your face. But um yeah, man, some of it just really, yeah, it looks like you've scribbled on your hand in like a geography exam, but you've done it on your cheek instead. Like that that's not your best your best move like long term you can be making. But um yeah, I don't know. It's just a tattoo. I think if you want it on your face, get it. But if, if it's on your fucking face, yeah, like it's never going to come off. So make sure it looks all right. I think I always used to, there was like this unwritten rule. I mean, like people correct me, I've never been a tattoo artist. So I don't fucking know. But there was always a rule that it was, you weren't supposed to have tattoos on, like they were never supposed to tattoo your hand or your neck. I think the face was just assumed that nobody would get their fucking face tattooed. Where I, where I, where I go, where you came with me, Jim, they were like, when somebody asks for like hand, neck, face, head, whatever, they're like, we ask them about four or five times, like, do you want to do this? And then we just say, yeah, now, because they're like, this person's already made up their mind. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's what he wants to do and spend his money on. I suppose this is the thing. And I suppose with, with Lil Uzi, you know, that, that money is just burning a hole what in his pocket. Who calls himself that, man? Fucking I mean, I'm not even, yeah, we're not even going to go to the level of, you know, naming himself. <laughs> this is so funny. He's doing Israeli submachine gun. That, that's, that's just a whole other level. Yeah, that's um, a joke, But yeah. I suppose it's, you know, we've all we've all been sat there at home or whatever, you know, had a few too many beers, and we've bought something a bit ridiculous off Amazon or eBay or whatever it might be. I suppose this is just the... Oh, is it like an Amazon truck that went wrong? I wonder where you get to. It's like <laughs> people who brought this also brought this. Right. <laughs> yeah. A 26 mil fucking like ruby diamond. <laughs> the way I'm seeing it, procedure got them I bet some... they had a fragile <laughs> tape on it, man, from the from the Royal Mail. I fucking hope so. <laughs> spewing, if not. The way that I'm seeing it is, it's, it's $24 million worth of advertising. Like... I'm. I'm pretty sure he has done this to like set himself <laughs> apart. Hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah. His real yeah, name is Simir Beisel Woods. Oh He's my like, god! Why did he change his name? Like that's a fucking sick rap name. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, I've yeah. just looked. At, um. Yeah, I've looked him up on 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 Wikipedia. Yeah. Um. Which I would not have done before, and I can almost Trust guarantee. Him, there you go. We're talking about him. Bro, well, exactly, yeah. We are Paid literally talking already, about though. him. Yeah. yeah. But wow. it, it's funny because we were speaking about controversy and just, you know, by virtue of the fact we're talking about Lil Uzi Vert, um, his controversy section on Wikipedia is that he's been accused of being a Satanist and 
putting posts with 666 on his Instagram. Like, so who actually fine. gives a fuck? That's who, fine, who bro. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, it's just a fine. fucking religion. Like, what the hell, Who man? cares, man? Yeah, yeah but no. what about that other guy? That, oh, no, no, he's that, no, he hasn't got 666 in it. But, yeah, I, I think that that's the, I think the largely secular nature of the UK in general. I mean, yes, obviously we have churches and, and religion and what have you, but it's nowhere near. Um, I mean, the idea of like a mega church in a neighbourhood would be a bit gauche for the UK anyway, I feel. But yeah. nonetheless, like religion is basically on its arse in this country. Um, I'm probably going to offend people by saying that, but I, oh, yeah, um, it is. I'll show you the numbers, bro. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's yeah. not it's not the case anymore. Um, so I think the the fact that there is a Western society like America that still has religion in such a central place, yeah, um, is it's kind of a bit of a novelty for for us. Like it's a bit weird. Um, bro, they have like a Bible belt in like the mid, yeah, yeah, south also, mid west states, man. That, that is fucking mad. Taxation is appalling, but no, yeah, it's, it's just corruption, man. We're going off now. I'm going to end up, you know, having yeah. we'll have hate groups emailing us. Which <laughs> we'll email them back. We will email them yeah, back. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, yeah. we will. Um, but yeah, I just, I just yeah. find that that's the, you know, a guy that's accused of Satanism has has had a, a, a 24 million pound diamond stitched into his forehead yeah i mean i i think it's just it's just a way of establishing dominance on the rap scene you know like like i'll up your face tattoo and face piercing and i will go for the biggest most ostentatious display of wealth and you know kudos that i can conjure and that is having you know this massive fuck off diamond put into my forehead like you know and as i say i think it's a bit of a, a marketing ploy as well like you know it's Twenty-four million dollars of advertising. Um, I'm not sure what return he'll get on that, but yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, like we like we've said, it's it's somebody. Am I going to go out and buy his records? Am I fuck? Um, <laughs> so it's not worked in that regard, but obviously it's got him. You know what? What's it? Oscar Wilde said, "No, no press is bad press." Yeah, he's on the radar now. Perhaps exactly. the next record uh, will review it. Like, well, yeah. in terms of in terms of uh, yeah. an arms race or a face race, like where where do they go? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You know what I mean? We don't know what he's got in his arms. But yeah. He's got like, you know, there's a guy that's got like a live hamster in a wheel on his right <laughs> or something. You know, fucking hell. Like, you know, just like I said, like, just, just buy a fancy car and trash it. Can somebody be, I, like, that? I think uh, I love the darkness for this because they kind of harked back to a bygone era of music, you know, like the sound and the, the you know, like Jay Hawkins obviously dressed kind of like Jimmy Page in the, the the jumpsuits or whatever. Like, can we just have like a traditional rock star? Like, can Ed Sheeran just go out, you know, get tanked up and crash, you know, uh, a, a Rolls Royce Phantom into a swimming pool? Or he doesn't something. have the bollocks, bro. Ed Sheeran's can somebody a do something like that for fuck's sake? Like, can just show us some proper rock star excess? Don't get a diamond in. Fucking hell, come on. One thing I'm thinking is, where can he go next? What like yeah, exactly. what can he do like, after this now? Like? Yeah, replace his leg with like a machine gun or something. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. With an Uzi, like some sort of Uzi. Like, yeah, it's in his He's name. He's gonna walk around in circles if he does it with an Uzi, but maybe like an arm or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe he takes his hand off and has like a an Uzi, an Uzi there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that is really wearing like your own merch, man, I guess. Like literally an Uzi. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that's gonna do for him getting on a plane, but you know, maybe <laughs> oh, he can man, take it yeah. off and put it in the hold. Bro, replace it with a hook. 
Yeah, I don't know how he's getting through that security, mate. Yeah, exactly. That dorm, like I said, that's going to beep. Yeah, I assume there's some sort of metal bracket that holds it in place. It's not just embed. Why is his body not rejecting it as well? I, I mean, well, I'm really interested to know. Issue, yeah, because it's not going to be... I don't I don't know if they do medical-grade diamonds. <laughs> Safe for human ingestion. I don't think that's a thing. I don't know what it says on the packet, but yeah. yeah the beer sponsors his forehead. For as long as it lasts. <laughs> surely at some point he's going to have to get that taken out, surely. Yeah, and clean. Sure. And then he's going to have a massive fucking wound in the middle of his Yeah, head. he's going to have a big fucking square hole in his forehead. Like, <laughs> I hope it is. going to actually look more little... daft than a diamond, I think. Yeah. Like, when the day he takes this out, have like a like an inch hole in the middle of his forehead. That That's going to look ridiculous, man. Like a sand pit or something. It I'm hoping it. it's not flat on the back. I'm hoping that they've had to like chamfer <laughs> wedge it in there, edge, yeah. a wedge into his forehead. Yeah, I have a feeling maybe it's a very small incision in the front, and then yeah, like as you say, flattened on the back. Probably well, be, that would be sensible. But. It'd be so sick if we got like the plastic surgeon on the podcast to like chat to them about how they did it. I'd love to talk to them. That sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah, I would talk to the surgeon. I'm not talking to Little Uzi. If that guy comes on, I'm just going <laughs> to abuse him solidly for 20 minutes. In terms of his motivation, he tweeted he's literally trying to turn into a diamond. So, you know, <laughs> let, let, let him do what he wants. <laughs> let him let yes, him. He's on his way. I, I mean, I can't he's fault his he's like, trying. It, it, this has been a trying year for him so far. So he's turning uh, into iced tea from Rick and Morty. He's literally going, this, this <laughs> yeah. is what he's trying to do. Maybe, man. That, that's what I thought of when, when I was. Maybe that's what he watched and was like, that's, that, that's me. This is what I've always thought of myself as. More power to him, man. More I'm going to hit this as I can. You know I'm starting to think that. I've, I'm, I'm almost converted in the in the way. It's his money. It's his body. Fuck it. Who cares? Do what like, the fuck you want, man. Wants. Who cares? Yeah. But seriously, if, funny, if he does the easy hand thing, we're suing him because we came up with the idea first. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll make a few quid. And we know, yeah, we know he's got a couple of, uh, couple of quids lying around. So. Obviously, or maybe not like, anymore. Letting everyone know, bro. Fucking hell. Imagine, like, what if you knew that. Imagine it, yeah. Somebody get a mug in for that diamond. Sir, there's a bit of flesh hanging off this dot. Yeah, 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 mate. Don't know. That's where I got it. (laughs) Bro, yeah. Imagine him fucking walking around Aston. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going for a train in Perry Bar anytime soon, is he? No way, man. No way. This has gone away that I didn't expect, to to, to be honest. No, I like it. I think I think it's interesting, you know. Um, not strictly musical, but it's a little bit light-hearted. Um, yeah, I think we do need a bit more of a, uh, you know, how, how do the boys react to this news art, news segment? Sort of okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining me again, boys. This is uh, a that's good, man. Yeah, thank uh, you very much for listening, everybody. We do appreciate your time and ears and eyes tuning in. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I hope everyone's staying well, happy, healthy, doing what they can. Yeah, shout out to Ollie, who is a, a, a human that we all know. Um, apologies again for kind of our level of professionalism for naming the segment after we've already recorded it. So that's <laughs> that's, that's oh, classic yeah. us. We just yeah. knew we, we knew we wanted to get it down, and then we we sort of think about the uh, ramifications afterwards. Likewise, if there's anything that you find that you want us to, uh, not that we're particularly insightful, but if you want to hear our ramblings, musings, and thoughts on something, then um, feel free to email. Um, or whatever, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out. We'll say say something about it. But yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. 
Yeah, it's not just going to be this, of course. You know, we're going to have more of these chats. But as always, we're ticking over with the interviews and stuff. So um, stay safe, everyone. And we'll see you all soon. Peace. Peace.